Hey there, everybody. My name is Max Gomez, and you are listening to Misinformed. On today's episode, I interview all of the recently announced members of next year's student council. So we've got Morgan, Chris, Nico, Danny, and Noemi here talking about how they plan on helping lead the student body next school year. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. A very sincere happy Friday and happy two weeks out from the end of the semester to everyone listening. I have a lot of wonderful guests to bring on to the show today, so I don't want to take up too much time here in the beginning. I guess I normally never really do, uh, but I just do want to wish everyone luck. Uh, no, luck's not it. I just, you know, power to everybody. <laughs> in in the last few weeks here if you are as swamped as i am with all of these assignments then i know you know we all need whatever well wishes we can get to make it out of this semester so this is it home stretch and uh i i will see you on the other side you know our last episode of the semester is going to be the last friday of the semester so from here to then i wish you all faculty staff and students alike the best. Joining me first on today's episode is joint IPD-ITED student, friend of the pod, and now incoming student council president for the 2021-2022 school year, Morgan Moore, joined by her incoming vice president, MPA student, and misinformed first-timer, Chris Baca. So Chris, Morgan, thanks for joining me. Congrats on winning. Is that, can we call it that? I mean, Congrats on not having any unknown write-ins sneak out of nowhere and beat you. You did it. Thank you. And congrats on your win, too. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats. Thanks for having us. So you both had the chance to talk about that five-point plan a little bit during the candidate town hall from last week. Was that just last week? Oh, my goodness. Uh, So I was wondering if you could revisit that, go through them, and you know, you'd certainly have more time to talk about it this time. So feel free to expand on it more than you had the chance to in the in the town hall. Yeah, of course. Morgan, do you want to get started with one point? We could just kind of go back and forth. Yeah, let's, let's round robin it. Um, thanks for having us again, Max. This is really cool. So we kind of created this plan together. And these are like, I think it's important to explain that these are in like no order of kind of rankings like one is more important than the other i think they're all very equally important um but some are more like immediate than others to be honest um our first point is transparency between the administration and students faculty and staff um there's a lot of things that kind of just get like lost in the sauce if i can Mm -hmm. use such such terminology at miss um that really could just be uh prevented and avoided with just enhanced communication, right? That means like when there's an incident that involves students and a faculty member um, on campus or, you know, at MISS, that that goes out to everybody, not just to students. Um, And so increased transparency um, is our first point. Yeah. And our second point kind of is like um, part of the first point, which is, you know, like, um, Along with transparency and increased communication, I feel like, um, you know, in talking with a lot of students, I feel 
like a lot of students aren't aware of what's happening. People are still unclear of decisions for the fall semester, especially, you know, um, which specifically affects international students. So our other point we have is increasing uh, representation and support for international students. So uh, one big thing that Morgan and I um, have been talking about is um, working and creating a permanent, uh, permanent seat in student council for uh, international students. So having an, an, a representative, kind of like every program has their own representative, have an international student representative so that their voices could be heard and expressed. Because I think especially in this last year, it really taught us that, you know, we, we can't really truly call ourselves an international uh, school. Um, one with an international um, education uh, management program at it uh, without fully supporting our own international students. So that's where that came from. And we look forward to, uh, you know, supporting our international students um, in whatever capacity we can by way of that creation. Now, I actually do have a question about that one. We do have an international student committee right now, which is led by a member on the student council. This year, it's been Yolanda, who's the um, IEM rep as well. Uh, but that can change. It can be a different rep. Is there any reason that you think that that current um, organization of it is not enough? Yeah, well, I think, um, and it's a good thing that the, um, obviously the committee exists, but I feel like, you know, just going back to when just the fact that we are an international school and we do have an international education management degree, that international students should have a permanent um seat at the table when making decisions because they are a big portion of our student population. We have, I forget the statistics, it's been a while since I checked it, but it takes a very good percentage of international students. And, you know, I feel like obviously like um, the committee could continue, but I feel like there should be someone who heads it as a permanent um, member on student council. And, you know, thankfully now there's a framework because of the committee so that it could be an easier transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And I do a great distinction I want to make that I think your plan touches on is that the existence of a committee that is headed by somebody who has a different named position is different than a permanent voting member of the student council. And I think that that is what's the most important about what you two are bringing up, um, that it would be somebody whose sole job is to represent student international students, because international students exist in other programs, which have program reps so it's not like their voices are completely unheard right now but you're going to have somebody who's specifically designed to look at those needs and have their vote reflect that as well which doesn't currently exist so i think it's a great second point or is that the first one we're losing cow. i know <laughs> <laughs> the second point we've talked about okay, like, okay, like, yeah. yeah yeah like um, morgan said they're in no particular order yeah so transparency mm-hmm um, support for international students and DEI. Obviously, this will probably just be a campaign point for like student council uh, candidates, like president, vice president, like way into the future. Um, but like as Max, I think you already know, I'm a member of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee from student council, and then I also sit as the Stuco rep um, on the DEI task force. So like. That is such a big deal. DEI and anti-racism um, are such big deals, especially like in higher education, but especially at MES. And so we want to reinforce that, reinforce like all of the different kind of separate and siloed activities that are happen happening and try to make them 
talk to each other, right? Mm-hmm. That way the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. And we can um, kind of create like, I mean, potentially synergy in between, you know, whatever the translation degree program is doing and what, um, you know, student services or um, a faculty member at MISS is doing, something like that. Another one is restorative practices, or actually before I hit that, so talking about silos, um, one of our campaign points is to increase cross-collaboration and communication between degree programs and degree program students. Mm -hmm. Because like, how many people in like, I don't know, name a random, name a degree program, um, know someone who, you know, is a translation student or a conference interpretation student. Like, it's just very rare that we meet each other across disciplines. And I feel like that's that's kind of lacking. And uh, it could be something that really like, and I think that really like improves our experience as students at MIST, but also just like the quality of education as well. For example, I know like some translation students will come into my NPTS elective class and they'll translate like what the professor yeah. is saying, which I think is so cool. Like I yeah. would love to see more of that, you know, and figure out how that gets done to find out if there's more ways that we could implement that. So cross collaboration across disciplines and degree programs um, is definitely a point. And then finally, restorative practices. So figuring out how we can like improve and repair relationships um, and address harm when it occurs in our communities. Mm-hmm. That was like a really short summary of restorative practices, but we'd like to see that like at a lot of levels, like with individualized and diverse trainings offered to faculty and staff, but also to like club leaders and to student council members as well. Like I would love if we knew how to, you know, interact with each other when someone says something that, you know, offends or causes harm to someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's like key, like major key and um, building community, especially, you know, in what's going to be this like half remote, half in-person kind of environment we're going to be navigating for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I would add to what Morgan said is in regard to DEI is increasing visibility. You know, I feel like I'm fortunate enough that I'm in um, IPD MPA, which I feel like there is a lot of diversity in that program, but I know that that's not the case in other programs. So I think there needs to be an effort um, you know, doing more outreach and recruiting in other schools uh, where there is a more diverse population um, as well as the faculty and staff. Um, I feel like there, there lacks a lot of diversity there too because if the students don't see themselves represented, mm-hmm. then that's an issue in and of itself. And that is true. And, and that's something that I think will be a, a topic for us as student council as something that we have as a priority to keep our eye on as hopefully this hiring freeze gets lifted once people are going back. And I, I mean, we have no idea if that's, well, currently I, I don't, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if either of you know any more about that. But um, that if that hiring freeze is lifted at Miss, that that is something that we are vocal about, that that is something that we are watching them um, on. Yeah, definitely. And um, I guess our, um, I believe last point, <laughs> because Morgan kind of touched two points in one, the restorative justice DEI were kind of one, and then cross-collaboration amongst um, degree programs was another. But uh, the last point is because, you know, we still find ourselves in kind of an insecure situation. We, you know, the pandemic, while it's getting better, it's still not um, 
not how it should be, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially globally. I mean, look, you look at India right now and it, it, that just shows you that like, yeah, maybe in some local sense, the situation is getting better, but it's not really going to get better until globally we get there. So um, our last point is uh, providing the appropriate support for students who do decide to complete their, their degree online. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, you know, and being in classes with students from, you know, from, we have students right now in Turkey and Egypt and France and different, like all over the world. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, I empathize for them having to, you know, juggle the time difference where, um, you know, they might be joining class at 11, 12 PM sometimes, uh, which I myself would probably not function if that mm-hmm. was the case. So it's just providing the appropriate support, uh, making sure that um, the uh, administration, the professors, kind of take into consideration students who are remote as they're planning uh, their courses for next semester, as well as making sure, you know, like there's, um, you know, offer different suggestions, make it maybe more asynchronous. You know, it's, 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 it's obviously gonna take planning probably over the summer, especially. Um, but yeah, just providing the support that people need just because financially speaking, a lot of students completed their entire first year remotely. And it's not, you know, economically uh, sound of them to move to Monterey for one semester when a lot of them might want to complete a practicum abroad their last semester or somewhere else Mm -hmm. in the country. So, um, you know, just making sure that they're supported and that they do get the as quality education and service and experience uh, that they can remotely as they would in person. So, you know, obviously finding uh, the bridge uh, between remote and um, in person, and also I think making sure that there is community building between people who um, students who choose to go remote and choose to, uh, students who choose to complete their degree in person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that all sounds like a great platform to be stepping into this president and VP role, and it sounds like a lot of things that I have had on my mind as well. So I am very excited to work with both of you on the council next year on on all those things that you were just talking about. Right before we wrap up our time here, I wanted to leave on... um, Oh, that, that was not a light note, but I wanted to leave on an even lighter note of what is one quick thing that both of you are really excited about for this position i personally look forward to just um you know the collaboration between us and um kind of i think we're we're going to be a big part um i think this student council yourself included max and everyone else who won of figuring out that transition back into person and um making sure that you know we advocate for everyone in you know whatever way we uh, we can but also keeping in mind it's like we have to help in the transition back into person while also supporting uh, those uh, remotely. So it's a, it's a, it's a little, um, it is nerve wracking because that's, you know, it's obviously a lot of moving pieces, but I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah, I'd say I'm like, um, <laughs> I'd say uh, not so much. So I'm kind of like sidestepping your question, but not so much just with like the role of president, but I'm excited for like the rest of the executive board. Like everyone who, first of all, the candidates were amazing. I cannot emphasize that enough, but who students ended up like electing. I'm so excited to work along with them. Um, I have really strong relationships with them. Um, 
Noemi, or also known as Emmy, she was elected as health and wellness director. Um, Nico is back in his position as logistics and operation. We'll be hearing from him next. And I can't like stress enough how much he loves his job. Like he's always figuring, trying to figure out a way to make, like to streamline things, make them more efficient, um, so on and so forth. Um, even with things like like the U- the URLs, how can we make this URL even shorter? So he's really great. And then Danny for um, community engagement officer, your former position. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. I'm excited to work alongside with um, them. Yeah, 100% agree. I think we have a great team already, and I am excited to see that fill out with all of the reps next fall when they get elected. Um, yeah, well, Morgan, Chris, thanks for joining. Excited for next year. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Same. Me yeah. too. I'm stoked. Well, moving right on through the council members elect in constitutional order. Uh, of course, we will be skipping over me as treasurer, which is number three in the Constitution. So we are headed over to Nico Garbach, uh, Logistics and Operations Coordinator and Joint MPA IEM student. Nico, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me here. So now you are both the outgoing and incoming Logistics and Operations Director. Is that is that what the form is? Director? Uh, well, almost. It's the logistics and operations coordinator. Ah, and yeah, okay. I was serving last year and uh, or this year, and I'm happy to be serving again in the coming uh, academic year as well. Yeah, well, congrats on your win. Now, l- last week on Miss Radio, I was talking with Maddie about all the different positions that were up for election and a bit of you know just sharing who who's running for that. And she was saying because this was somewhat of a new role this year, it was being restructured. You had a really big hand in you know helping develop what this role is for the student council. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what that was like this year. Um, you know, stepping into logistics and operations coordinator for as like the first person to be doing it since it had changed from secretary. Um, and yeah, some of the things you did with the role. Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's important to recognize that none of us or very few of us has much institutional knowledge about what these roles used to be. So mm-hmm. um, one benefit of that, if you want to look at it that way, is that we can each sort of uh, make our, our own impact. Uh, in our own ways. Um, having said that, there are some things within our uh, student council constitution that really do spell out the kinds of responsibilities that each role is supposed to have. Um, but first, I think it's good to point out that this this role is what most people would think of as secretary. And a secretary in, in, in any organization uh, that has meetings is generally somebody that helps to uh, figure out what will be on the agenda for a meeting help to coordinate things with the members who are going to be in that meeting. Uh, and uh, any, anyhow, basically facilitate things that happen during the meeting. Mm-hmm. And if we were meeting, if we were meeting in person, like we'll do this coming year, that'll have to do with like a physical location. Uh, this year it was just online. So that involved Zoom kind of, uh, you know, setting up Zoom meetings. Um, what's interesting is that we'll be able to continue the online portion of that next year. So I'm very fortunate that I got that experience uh, during this pandemic year, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be a very interesting. It'll be a much. It'll be a quite a different role next year because it will have an on-campus component to it. Um, so, 
Yeah, uh, it's like this this year was maybe different. I don't know if it was or it wasn't. It was just what we had to work with. And so I tried to support behind the scenes really as, as, as best I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and next, next year, it's going to be an even different role. Yeah. So are there any things that you tried out this year or that you were doing that heading into next year, you you have a an idea of how to change anything about the role? I mean, again, that that's really hard to put in context of we're going from online to in person. So even those of us who are on the council already and are going to be on the council again, it, it's going to be a totally different experience now that we're in person. So you know, I understand that might be a hard question, but yeah, is there any things that you were doing throughout this year as the role where you're like, you know, and I think next year I'd like to, to change this aspect of it and just do a little bit better here, there, something like that. So I think one of the challenges that we had this past year was engaging our students, mm-hmm. uh, engaging members of the student body. <clears throat> now we often had uh, representatives from various clubs come to make presentations on various topics. So there was some interaction and individual students sometimes had an issue. So uh, they were able to come and talk about that issue and, mm-hmm. and kind of raise awareness of what they were going for. But I, I still feel like there just wasn't much of a connection between what we were doing and what the rest of the student body was doing. And that's really a function of we're all like, you know, in our own little cubby holes at home, like typing away on a computer and is the thing that you want to do in your free time sit in on a student council meeting. Um, so I think that it just, for a lot of reasons, it just wasn't uh, as, as natural maybe of a thing for people to want to engage in. And, I, and from what I've heard, many other clubs had the same kind of challenge. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just student council and it wasn't just at Middlebury Institute. This has happened in many other places as we've learned in our international education program, <laughs> you know, programming for students uh, has been challenging. Um, but you asked the question about what can we do better and different, or at least that's how I'm, I'm kind of looking at yeah. this. One of my passions is really uh, um, supporting our international students. I think that we, we started to raise awareness about the, the fact that they are in different time zones and that meetings, we should consider scheduling them at different times. Uh, but I, that, that, that is to say early in the morning or later at night, so that depending on what side of the globe you are on, it's not like in the middle of the night for you. And while awareness was raised, I didn't really see evidence that we did much programming to, to cater to those folks. Um, but going into next year, I think that we'll have better data as far as seeing where our international students, or, or another way to put it, where are our students who live abroad? Where are they from, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how many people are from these different areas? So I recently learned that as of February, according to Banner Records, uh, and this is just, uh, it's aggregate data, it's not like individual data that I've seen, but there are about 60 students who are from China alone out of about 650 students overall at the Middlebury Institute, 10%, right? Yeah. So, so if you're looking at, well, where do we want to focus our efforts? Like who could we really um, make a big impact with? That, that would have been an opportunity if we had sort of known these things earlier on. Going into next year, now we'll be able to see where are our students. Um, mm-hmm. And so hopefully by, say, September or, or October at the latest, we'll have a profile that shows, okay, here, here are how many students are still abroad. And we know for a fact that because of immigration uh, regulations, because of health regulations uh, lingering on from the pandemic, students, many students will not be able to come on campus next year. 
Mm-hmm. So the so the so the importance of doing that kind of outreach will 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 stay there. Um, so I hope next year it'll be more than an intention and an awareness that there are international students, but we'll be able to not just we as student council, but we as student council and other clubs and maybe even other parts of the institute will actually be able to provide programming that 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 support our international students or those living abroad anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that came up in the town hall a good amount from last week. And uh, it's actually something that we all just heard Chris and Morgan talk about moments ago, um, as it is a part of their that five point platform of theirs. Um, and so it seems like I think that there are a lot of common interests uh, among at least this executive board that we have so far that I think that we will really be able to um, be, you know, active on next year. because we, we... And, and, you know, Max, I think that's just one example of how we have a mindset to engage more students. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of giving an example of, you know, how do we look at our students living abroad? Uh, but another thing that I, I thought about um, that I'd like to talk about with the rest of our student council going into next year is how do we bring clubs and other interest organizations and simply interested individuals together so that they get to know, um, so that we all get to know who we are and what we're doing and how we can support each other. Um, I think when we build a network of people, then we start to um, get, you know, we get to know each other, of course. We get to enjoy being together and we're much more supportive of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that kind of dynamic happening. Yeah. I mean, I think as over said, as it might be in, in national politics, you know, bear stating here is like our focus on building back better. <laughs> you know, we hear it a million times and it's cliche and corny now, but, but I think it's really important because like you were saying, like, we don't know. So we have this great opportunity to come in and, you know, we have the responsibility to try and investigate, well, what did they used to do? What did it used to be like? But then we also have the opportunity to see, like, well, now how, how can we do that better? Because we're not rooted in any sort of, like, what, what that was like for us because we didn't have that. <laughs> so we can yeah. come in and, and really be creative with, with what we can do with the student council. You know, something occurred to me, though, as we're talking about these great ideas, we're not out of this pandemic yet. We are still smack dab in the middle of it. And next fall we're not going to be out of it. Many of our colleagues will not be with us physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we do need to be a bit careful about biting off more than we can chew. It's not to say that we shouldn't be looking at what we should do and trying different things out, but I think it's going to be important for us to really um, be aware of what our fellow students, what are they in the position to, to be able to do? Like, what is their capacity? You know, and I say that because sometimes I feel we tried to do things this year and honestly, we're kind of disappointed that more people didn't turn out or show up on a Zoom link. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reflection, it's kind of like, man, we were all we have all been going through so much. I can't tell you how many assignments right now I'm still behind on, yeah. you know? So so <laughs> if I'm in that situation and I'm supposed to be like logistics coordinator, you know, s- supposedly someone who's extremely well organized. I mean, if I'm struggling, then my gosh, I, I, I can't I can't imagine you know, I, I can't put the expectation on, on my fellow students to like be somewhere when they're they're struggling um, in, in their own ways. So I think just next fall, yes, we want to be able to uh, improve uh, things, but at the same time, we'll still have to be forgiving of one another when things don't go perfectly mm-hmm. and understand that everybody might not yet be able to engage. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, I think, just an important, maybe reality check for us from time to time. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that touches a lot on 
where I was coming from with my my two-pronged equitable and effective use of the budget approach that I'm taking to this role of treasurer, which I see as a, a very much logistics and advisory role. I'm not really creating a lot of programming, but when you know community engagement has a great idea for an event and they know how much money they need for it, I'm the one who's in front of the budgets and I can say, well, that's a pretty sizable amount of the budget. Do we really think it's going to reach that many students sort of thing? And I felt that this year when I had the idea to just, oh, let's just do a movie event and I'll, I'll get the license for this film and anybody can go watch it. And nobody really watched it, right? And so that was a great idea that I had, but it wasn't very effective. And so I think that, that you know, we need to be creative. <laughs> we need to be, be creative and really interrogate these ideas to make sure that they are going to be able to reach as many students as we can. And if, I mean, you can't reach everybody at once. So making sure that we do have an equitable use of our resources, whether that be the fund itself or just our time as student council members to say, you know, okay, we're doing a lot of these great events for students that are here on campus, but it's very clear that we are not dedicating many resources to those students who are still online. How can we address that? So, yeah. Well, yeah. And here's, here's, an, here's a great example, by the way, as treasurer of something that you'll be able to help with very, very impactfully next year. Um, and it's quite simple. We all know that our student activity fee is what, around $100? I think it's about 85 a semester. Yeah, okay. So when I first, oh, so even, I'm thinking annually, so it's more than $100 yeah, it annually, is. right? Um, when I saw that, I thought, well, what am I, what, what am I paying that for? Like, what is it going towards? Like, how am I, or my, my fellow students benefiting from that? Mm -hmm. And I learned once I joined on student council, well, okay, number one thing, in my opinion, is you as an individual can get money to go to a conference. So if you have a mm -hmm. conference fee, it's, it's $100, boom, right there. You can make an application through student uh, council's website. Uh, and and we review that. That is to say student council through the funding committee, the budget committee that you're not mm -hmm. going to be in, in, in charge of. And, and see, if you see the pot of money that's there just for that thing alone, and you say, hey, people aren't taking advantage of that, then you'll be able to work with the rest of council to get the word out. Uh, in particular with our communications director, who's responsible for external uh, communications, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with the student body and with, uh, with other folks. So um, and that's just that's just one example of, let me say, a half dozen where I think um, being able to promote what's out there will be very important. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to finish up with one last question. I'm, I'm going to make it be the last question for everybody's interviews. And so that is, what is one thing, and it can be a small thing or it can be a big thing, uh, that you're really excited for, for, for being on next year's council? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, the reason why I wanted to go again, you know, go for another year is because I learned a lot this past year. And I feel that gave me some experience that, that, that I'll be able to serve the council better on, uh, better with because of. And so what I'm interested in is seeing the new people coming online with the, with the student council um, and being able to support them even more effectively. I feel like last year, last fall, when I started this position, I didn't know what was going on. A lot of people didn't know what was going on. I didn't even know who my predecessor was. There was a folder full of some like electronic files I was supposed to read. And I mean, I was like trying to figure out my schedule at that point, so that didn't happen. So point being is I'm looking forward to actually being more effective and serving the people on the council to help them to get things done that they're interested in. Um, and uh, honestly, for me, I'm moving to Monterey June 1st, or that's when I'm leaving here to move to Monterey. 
and I could not be happier. <laughs> I need the sun. I need the sand. Um, so if we're doing a student council thing, like on the beach, if that's possible, that'll make me very happy. But even if it's just a social council meetings on the beach, <laughs> uh, no, I, I definitely hear you loud and clear on that. Uh, that is one thing that I think that I am also really excited to be a continuing council member is to, um, to kind of help that transition into a, a newer school year. Nico, that is all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Max, and good luck with the rest of the interviews, and have a great end to your semester. Up next, democratically elected inheritor of my current position, community engagement officer, and fellow joint MPA-IEM student, Danny O'Hemming. Hey, Danny, thanks for joining me. Oh, hello, Max, Mr. Treasurer. Hey, yeah, well... (laughs) I guess welcome back, another friend of the yes. pod. Yes, and yes. Uh, here now because you are stepping into the decorated, well historyed. I mean, you're following in the footsteps of a lot of great people in this role for community engagement. I know the the previous one. The previous one, I just I don't know how I'm going to be able to <laughs> to live up to the previous one, but um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my my very best. Uh, I think you're going to do a great job. I know you've been organizing events with. Peace Corps throughout this semester, um, one of which we did together, and I think they've been some really good ones. I'm looking forward to tonight's. Unfortunately, people won't hear this until Friday tomorrow, yeah. so they won't be able to make it. But tonight's there's the Peace Corps Story Jam, and I'm excited for that too. So I think you're a great fit for the role. I'm really excited to see what you do with it, which is what we're here to talk about today. Yes. So taking it a, a, a step back from that, though, what initially made you interested in the role? I know you got nominated, but... Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, do you have any ideas as to why you were nominated and then why you ended up taking that nomination? So as to why I was nominated, um, I'm not going to lie and say I may have pushed a few people and said, hey, I'm dropping, you know, a little hint that I'm sort of interested. If you want to nominate me, you can. Oh, I self-nominated for treasure. I knew what I wanted and I was going for it. Oh, so I wasn't see, waiting. For I didn't. <laughs> I I did not put my hat in at all. Uh, this was a complete like Harry Potter, Dumbledore put my hat in <laughs> in the goblet, and I was completely unaware. Mm-hmm. But I had maybe like put a little bug in some people's ear and yeah. said, "Hey, if you want to nominate me, you can." But I had zero. Um, I was like, "I'm just going to leave it to other people, and if I'm in, I'm in, and if I'm not, I'll live." Mm-hmm. But the reason why I asked people to was because I did have some inkling that I did want to have this role mm-hmm. because I love to be involved in different communities. Um, when I was in high school, I tried to be part of like our peer ambassador community. I tried to be part of our, uh, what's it called, or not even tried. I was part of the peer ambassador community. I was a tour guide for the school. Um, I took part in dance and the fine arts team, theater. So like that was a community in itself with uh, the international students trying to help them get adjusted, not just to the college campus, the, you know, the college vibes, but also the city vibes, trying to get them, you know, familiar with places outside Mm -hmm. of campus Um, and coming to miss. I wanted to do that same thing. So when I came in, I tried to start on Mass Monterey, which uh, actually started off pretty well, um, you know, trying to get people familiar who were just moving in, um, getting familiar with the area around campus and just in Monterey itself. 
I want to try and do that again for next year and just bring more people together um, physically mm-hmm. now that we, for the most part, um, we now we'll be able to be here physically. Yeah, definitely. I think important to note Unmasked Monterey, an unofficial student club. It was just you and yes. your organizing of everybody because that is definitely not something that student council would have been able to do. Yes. I'm, I'm, Allison Gruner is speaking through me right now. <laughs> that had nothing to do with the student council, but it yes. is that drive within you to bring people together that's so important for this role too. And so yeah. I think that's great. And and yeah, I mean, seizing the opportunity to to start to do things in person, whatever that may look like. Um, I love it. So you ran, you won, you're here now. Um, do you have any, right at the onset, are there any things right now that you're like, this is one thing or, you know, a series of events, whatever it may be that you know you really want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I know the, the first thing I really want to do is, again, continued with sort of a more official masked Monterey sort of thing of just getting people familiar with who's around them, who's available, doing sort of cross um, program neighbor sort of mapping where people can just, you know, they'll know who's going to be walking with them and can, you know, be familiar with who's around them in the same area, whether it's in Monterey, whether it's in Pacific Grove, whether it's in Seaside. Um, So that's something I want to keep up. And then also the International Bazaar uh, is something that I wish um, I had been more involved in this year. But uh, that was something that I was really passionate about in college where I had something similar. And when I saw that coming up, I was like, I really want to do this. Um, Cause I do know we have a large, you know, international community here at Miss. Um, and that's one of our main focus, whether it's people who are actually from abroad or people who have been abroad, people who have been born abroad and came here. Um, we all have some connection to that. And I really want us to have our community come together and bring those different cultures, uh, whether it's through food, whether it's through the arts, whatever it is, and just have a nice grand festival um, sharing all those things. So those are just two two things right off the top of my head. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if I said it here on Miss Radio, but I do remember having conversations when we were talking about the candidates that, you know, I remember you talking about having had that experience organizing festivals like that before. And so knowing how important it is to reestablish that tradition for people next year for I mean, for students, really, I know faculty and staff who have been there, they remember it, but it's the student body who has at this point, no, you know, institutional memory of it. And Mm -hmm. so it'll be really important to bring that back stronger than ever. And so another reason I'm very excited, you're a great pick for this role. Um, So so next year, it's not fully in person, right? We are going to still have this hybrid. And we don't, at this point, really know how many are going to be in person and how many are going to be virtual. What are your plans? Do you have any ideas already for ways to try and make sure that you are engaging the online community of yeah. Miss students next year? Beautiful question. Um, so I may, I mentioned this, I believe in the town hall um, that I love technology. Um, I love to use technology and I love to learn new forms of technology. And I know, you know, lately we've all had to be familiar with all forms of technology due to Corona and quarantine and, you know, have to connect with people from everywhere through our screens. And so, you know, I plan on utilizing those tools, whether it 
continues to be Zoom, whether it's Skype, um, whether it's Facebook Messenger, uh, just whatever tools are available that people are familiar with to really um, kind of expand to a physical physical form of community connection and also virtual. So if that means doing the physical international bazaar, but also doing it in a virtual form, maybe via Wonder Me, like that's mm-hmm. um, that's something that I would like to enact. Um, or utilizing breakout rooms to just have you know social community um, hours. Maybe one of them we just break out you know late night study hours. Mm-hmm. I mean. We're reaching crunch time at the end of the year, and who knows yeah. how many people are doing all-nighters. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, while we have people here in America doing all-nighters until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, we have people across the sea who are wide awake. But you can still be available to work together, even if you're in different programs. It'd be nice to just have another face uh, with you who understands the struggle and is coming from the same school community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I am looking forward to those few, like remaining virtual events for participation from this year. I know at this point, it is hard to imagine that we're going to want to do it again or do it still. But yes. but there are some that have been so much fun because I could do it from home. I mean, the trivia yeah. nights that we've seen happen, um, I guess I was involved in both two, at least two. I don't know. I want to say both. You were in two of them, yeah. But I was in two of them. You were in one of them with me. And those were successful. You know, I heard from yeah. people afterwards that they had a really good time. So continuing to do things like that. Um, Mira, who's cooking, which we have had pretty good turnout. I'm, I'm really happy with it. But I mean, mm-hmm. we're can we because I'm on Mira, too. We're going to yep. be continuing that. And that will probably still be virtual because, you know, people need to be at home with their kitchens if they're going to be following along. So I think there's a lot of really, really awesome virtual events that have come out of this year that can totally be carried on and you know, if, you're, if for those who are planning to come back to campus and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm doing only things in person. I'm never going to look at a screen again. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I 100% understand that feeling right now. Almost all yeah. of us do. But I think once we go back, people will find that there are some virtual events that are nice to just be able to do from your house. Cause it's- exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something else I, I wanted to add too. I mean, I've been talking with um, with some people who are moving to Monterey. And I told them, I'm like, hey, so even though you're going to be here in Monterey, I know there's going to be times where you're like, I just don't want to leave my room. So can I just be at home? Yeah, totally. I mean, I know some classes are planning on doing a hybrid format. And so if Mm -hmm. we can apply that to events as well, where even though people are going to be, you know, in Monterey, but don't want to leave their house, then the opportunity is still there for them to participate. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, but I also want to make sure that people are not, they don't feel like they're in a form of technology. They're stuck in this virtual room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like they can, they can be taken away or taken out of that world and be placed in a new environment just, just for a little bit, uh, which is something I try to do a lot with some of my events. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Danny, I've got one last question for you, which hit me. It could be, so it can be a big thing, a small thing, whatever it is, but what is one thing that you are really excited about for being a part of student council next year? I think, so there's of course the International Bazaar, um, which is, it's just something that I'm really, really attached to and um, really want to spend a lot of time doing. Um, But I think also, this might be a little bit of a cheap shot, but I am kind of excited to work with this team um, that's going to be on student council um, because... Uh, 
with the exception of one person, I'm, I'm familiar with everyone. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's going to be nice to be working with friends. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a little bit of a cheap shot. I don't know if anyone on student council is listening, but I'm really excited. Well, besides you, of course. Um, but I am just really excited to be working with everyone. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I can say from experience that um, not many of my guests end up listening to their episodes. So... <laughs> Who knows if they're listening? I might be an exception because I listened to the Peace Corps one. Yay. I listened to, or well, I wasn't in the um, the one where you talked with Maddie about mm. um, elections, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I did listen to that one. But we'll see if yeah. they do. If this is, you know, the day where they decide they want to jump in and listen to the podcast, hopefully they hear <laughs> that. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't think it's any sort of a. Uh a cop-out answer you are not the first person to say that you might not be surprised to hear Um, so well danny thank you for stopping by again i always enjoy our conversations max it is always a pleasure now last but certainly not least incoming health and wellness director who i hope will stop by and interrupt my podcast just as much as her predecessor has she is a second semester iep student noemi thank you so much for joining me of course thank you for having me now first up i know you go by noemi and emmy is there one that you prefer either is fine yeah and then like i mentioned before i pressed record last week i think that i definitely well it appears not that bad mispronounced your last name but for the record could you please set me straight on that (laughs) well actually you did to for your credit you pronounced it the armenian way which is technically (laughs) correct and my family would say oh my gosh that's even better but um (laughs) my english pronunciation that i've adapted thinking it's easier is agajanian agajanian maybe it is harder i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well uh, thank you so much for that correction and again thanks for joining me so you're you're here to talk about your current role as uh, health and wellness director elect, soon to be next year's student council health and wellness director. Um, And so to start us off, I was just wondering, uh, well, I guess, did you nominate yourself? Were you nominated? Um, And then either way, what, what made you decide to accept the nomination? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I threw my own name in the hat. I was excited about the position when I saw it. Um, uh, Wanting to take a more active role on campus. And I saw health and wellness director, which I thought was kind of more in line and fit with what my background is and what my uh, what my values are. Um, And so I'm excited to have um, been elected for a position that I really value and think is super important, especially in a graduate community where everyone is constantly under a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I guess just moving on ahead from that one, I, I was also a self-nominated. I think I had a few people who I had mentioned I was interested in Treasurer to nominate me as well, but I wasn't going to wait for that. I, I put my name in for Treasurer too. So shout out to that. Awesome. Virtual high five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, you know, it's it's in line with your values. It's something that you're really passionate about. Then in that case, what are some of the things you're excited to bring to this role um, next year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think that MISS has been doing a really good job with its health and wellness programming. Um, and I, I'd like to see that expand and um, be more 
just have more initiative to get people initiatives to get people more excited. I love the March Madness, and I think I said this earlier in a different conversation. March Madness. Oh my gosh, March motivation, it's motivation close. March. I, I messed it up myself, and I came up with the name. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Let me correct that. Motivation <laughs> March, um, and I thought that was a really great initiative that got a lot of people really active and and thinking about their self care. Um, and I think that those kinds of little things make a big difference in a lot of people's lives. And I'd like to see a lot more of that, especially as well as more programming provided by Miss for students to take advantage. Of of, especially as we start thinking about moving back to campus and being in person mm -hmm. again, which is going to be a whole, um, I think, other level of stress as we transition back to the way that normal used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, thank you for the shout out on Motivated March. That was definitely uh, a labor of love from me and, and Allison Silverstein, the current and outgoing health and wellness director, um, as well as her committee as well. They put a lot of work into it and mine. I've said that on, on air before, so they know we appreciate their work. Um, now, a big thing that we were doing with Motivated March was actually just lifting up the things that are already happening. I mean, we we planned, I think, three or four events throughout the month, but a lot of it that we were asking participants to do was to go participate in things that Student Services is already doing. Um, of the things, I mean, that you just mentioned that of all the things that Miss is doing, um, what are some of the things that, I mean, if there's any specific things that, that you're really happy that they're doing and things that you maybe want to encourage them to do more or maybe bring in student council participation with? Yeah, good question. Um, I. I the first things that come to mind, and, and I might be a little bit biased on this one because I teach yoga myself, but the yoga programming um, that Allison has put together and that I'm teaching and um, the uh, the dance fitness classes that Sarah mm -hmm. is teaching, I know are pretty popular and get a wide variety of students that come to and just provide opportunities for connection in a way that is not classroom connection. And so mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to move with other people. Um, and I've personally enjoyed that, and I know a lot of the people that attend these these classes do. Um, so it would be nice to have more of that, but maybe different forms. So yoga and dance isn't for everybody, so having different types of exercise that can be either virtual or in-person as we transition back to in-person, I think is going to be really important for people. Mm -hmm. um, and other ways of... of um, of connecting over wellness. So I think that wellness isn't just physical. I think there's a lot of um, stuff to do with mental health, which I think the mindfulness uh, programming helps a lot with, um, but also nutrition and, and civic engagement and just different parts of health that are not necessarily just physical and platforms mm -hmm. and communities within myths that might be able to encourage that. Yeah, you just touched on a very interesting idea that I'd love to explore a little bit more. This could be a conversation that could take a very long time, but how do you see civic engagement playing into health? Well, I think it's I, I, I think it's like a central part of community. Like in, in order to really be a part of community, you have to put yourself out there and be involved and 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 by getting involved, you kind of have a say in the way that the community forms and continues to grow. Um, and so I think we see a little bit of it in the microcosm of myths, of myths but um, I think that there could be more opportunities for that and just for connection. And I, I do think that the fitness classes and the meditation classes are kind of a sort of um, 
a platform for that in a very, very light way. And some of the academic groups and um, program specific groups like the IEP group we were just talking about a few uh-huh. minutes before um, <laughs> are definitely one way of like bringing community together and finding ways to, to be engaged and active and, and put your voice out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I completely agree. I think engaging with one's community is a huge, huge aspect of, of health, you know, when it plays into other areas of mental, emotional health, things like that, too. So, yeah, I'd love to hear it. So one other thing that, that you were also just touching on with, like mindfulness and the other sorts of um, things that Student Services is putting on. I remember when we were planning Motivated March, and in the beginning, we were really trying to come up with a way to structure this that doesn't make it ableist and and look at how can we have a challenge and have a point system that isn't going to favor people who are like already at marathon running shape versus people who might not even have that ability. And it, you know, it took a little bit of conversation before we just kind of clicked on, oh, you just look at all the aspects of health. You know, there's mental, emotional, spiritual, however, you know, community, community health, community engagement, health, you know, that sort of thing. And it became so easy. It's just you just reward all sorts of, you know, areas of health. And that's how you make it not ableist. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I really love that. And I, I, I've said this in a different conversation, but in my um, previous role in my organization, I served on the um, wellness com- committee and mm-hmm. we had come up with several challenges that were similar to Motivation March, but we had one that was specifically steps focused and we had another one that we also thought, okay, how do we make this more, um, more inclusive to everybody who doesn't particularly want to put on their little Fitbit and go on a long walk every day? Um, and we kind of touched on similar things that motiv- Motivation March did this time around mm-hmm. and, and found that it really did like increase participation. And it was really cool to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're excited about it. I will definitely be, once the time rolls around, I'll be like nudging you and Danny to be like, hey, do you want to do Motivated March again? That would be great. Because of course, I am biased. We put a lot of love into that. That we need Motivated October 1st. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> November. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, looking back on it too, I kind of wish we had tried to do it earlier. And I think that would be great just to do at the beginning of the year, because it was just a big act in promotion for the things that student services already puts on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting people aware of it earlier on in the year means that they'll hopefully continue to do it afterwards. I mean, that was the other big idea of ours was like, it's, it was a habit building challenge. That's what it was centered around. So it's not just, okay, great. You won the month. It's not over now. Hopefully you develop some habits and you want to keep doing it. You found a class and you're going to keep going to it. Yeah. Awesome. The final question I've been asking everybody is what is one thing, big or small, whatever it may be, that you are most excited about for serving on the council next year? Hmm. This doesn't have much to do with health and wellness, but I am super excited to meet people that are not in my program. Mm -hmm. Um, I love IEP very much, and it's such a great group of people, Um, but I... I feel like I'm kind of in the dark about people and other programs at MIFS. And so it'll be really exciting to not only get to meet people across campus, but also get to work with people across programs. Yeah. Well, you, nobody who I've interviewed has got to hear each other's answers. However, you have all said just about the same thing. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's been a few people who are just excited specifically to work with this council that's coming in. Yeah. I think we are all very much on the same pages in a lot of different areas with this new student council. And I, I'm just so excited to get to work together with everybody. Yeah, likewise. 
Well, Emmy, thank you again so much for joining me. Thanks, Max. This was great. Well, there you have it. If you made it this far, you already know how much I appreciate you for listening, because I assume you've listened to other ones prior. If you haven't, welcome to the end of the show. Thanks for listening to the end of your first one. The opinions expressed in this episode by myself or my guests do not reflect those of the Institute officially, although they do reflect those of the incoming student council, because that's who it was. Um... Uh, Yeah, I think that's it. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening.